Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you today? Tired now. It's uh, midnight in about 30 seconds. Uh, you're t- more probably more tired than me. Uh, you just got back from LSU, so, uh, I mean, clearly you aren't in your podcast room. I know you got some food in the oven, so you're probably... You're probably about to go wings. Wings. Not just any food, I guess. Wings. We were leaving the press box. The press box food at LSU is really not very good. Really? Um, Apogee beats it? Or. Well, Apogee. Well, I guess it would be Apogee because we didn't go. We we don't go now. Apogee, Colin. Remember, they had Rudy's. They would have fajitas. Dude, yeah. Thanksgiving. Uh, Yeah, they had Thanksgiving. Like, they had, you know, they had it catered. Yeah, you went there. You went there to eat. Like I wouldn't eat the whole day. Yeah, whenever. exactly. Yeah. This LSU, it's like they have the you know you pull it open. You know you get the tongs and stuff. They have like hot dogs every time. There's at least the very minimum. There's hot dogs, but it's like they're not like good hot dogs. They're like there. Um, today they did have some pulled pork though. So I loaded up on that a little bit. Uh, they have salad and stuff like that. So and they have the fountain drinks you can go and refill. So I had some of those. That was at like six. Um, and now it's, it's twelve. What's Apogee rated on a scale of one to ten for you? Like, Very ooh, high. Like like eight? No, honestly, yeah, probably eight. So what's if LSU that, if, now? LSU is at like six. Okay, so it's not that far six, off, but it's seven. super average. Super yeah, it's average. average. Gotcha. The best. The best is um mercedes benz um in atlanta well yeah i would say so considering atlanta falcons freaking nfl stadium dude (laughs) that's calling you would be in heaven literally it's like three course meals they were begging us to take chick-fil-a home i was like okay fine i'll take two chick-fil-a sandwiches home okay like they chick-fil-a uh, multiple different desserts like what's the, cake. What's the uh, expectation? They had a they had ice, ice cream? cream dude. Oh, uh, or maybe my. frozen yogurt, whatever it was. But they had a dude who was literally like would take your order and like here, here it is. No Shh, way. Give it to you. Everything. Jeez. Everything. And then before, like even outside of the Chick Fil A, which was at halftime when they put it out beforehand, it was like everything you could imagine. I think they had like the mac and cheese, chick grilled chicken, <sighs> everything. Anyways. Yeah, that's number one by far. I'm going to go to Alabama this year for LSU Alabama, so I'll, I'll let you know how Alabama is. I feel like Bama's going to be a letdown. I feel like they couldn't do anything for Texas you. Texas A&M didn't have anything, but then again, I showed up late to that game. I showed up like right as the but game was. But was the remnants of something good? You know I what I mean? I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Remember yeah. Give us an update whenever you go to Bama LSU. I'll let you know. Yeah. Um. But anyways, so I stole wings on my way out because I guess this was from one of the suites. They kind of just leave food out there. I was leaving at like 11.15, and they kind of just had a box of wings and Mm -hmm. just grabbed it, took it home. There's probably about 14, 15 wings in there. I'm going to stick them in the oven just to reheat them a bit and then eat them. So anyways, that's three and a half minutes on press box food, Colin. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll put, like I usually do, I'll put the the timestamps be like, Three and a half minutes on press box food. Now you can skip ahead. And now you're here. Welcome. <laughs> We're going to talk about North Texas and Temple. Yeah. Because right off the bat, you can't talk about this game without talking about EJ Warner not playing in this game. Yeah. Like flat Huge out. surprise, by the way. Huge yeah, surprise. we didn't hear anything about this. We saw tweets that he was a game time decision. Um, 
but then obviously he was scratched. He didn't come up for warmups and he didn't play. So with that being the case, that changes everything about this game. And we'll we'll get into positive takeaways for North Texas side because there are positives to take away from a 45 to 14 win over Temple, obviously. But EJ Warner not playing changes everything about this game. Flat out. Yeah. Especially when the backup quarterback that they put in was awful. <laughs> Garbage. Absolute trash. Absolute like, trash. Yeah. He would not be he might not even be the third best quarterback at North Texas. Like I'm taking Stone Roll over him, uh, now JD Head or you know whatnot. Uh, Jay still is Jay still quarterback? Oh I'm yeah, sure. that was the one I was forgetting. I was like, who am I forgetting here? Yeah, um, I almost said uh, Grant Gannell, but he's in Sam Houston State, so he's gone. Regardless, this quarterback was awful. Uh, all he could do was run, which he did. He ran for 113 yards. Yeah, he ran a lot. Uh, ran for more rushing yards than passing yards. Um, but still, this was not a Temple team that wants to run the ball or is built to run the ball so yeah that really was kind of let's just say i loaded up on north texas minus six and a half when i saw ej warner was going to be out um because this it was very clear to me temple already was not a good team and now you take away their really only good player and i'm best player but so uh yeah that's where we have to start but colin I think I want to talk about this offense because the offense put up 45 points on a Temple defense that, albeit, it's not great. But man, they just they just look comfortable. They just look in rhythm. I loved the game that Eric Morris called. I loved the comfort that Chandler Rogers had. I loved the way they ran the ball. I loved everything about the offense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an it's an offense that we. I mean, I wouldn't even. I think it's more dynamic than having Mason Fine just because Chandler Rogers can move. Um, mm-hmm. but you can do anything with Chandler Rogers and this run game or these, these running backs that you have, like yeah. you saw at the, you, you said you texted me at the very beginning. And I think you tweeted out the very first drive. I think it was like a 16, 15, 16 play drive. Yep. They threw a lot of short passes and then bang over the top. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and throughout the game, you see intermediate passes, you see the deep bombs, you see the running game. Obviously Oscar Attaway had a great game, averaged 13 and a half yards, a carry touchdown. Like, like this team is the most well-rounded offense we've seen in, I mean, 2017, yeah, I was going to say 17 or 18, Jeff Wilson. whatever, whatever year that yeah. was with Jeff Wilson. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just looks great. And Chandler Rogers looks phenomenal. It's not like he's just back there, just like getting carried by the running backs and, and doing his thing. He's clearly a, he's clearly a guy. Like he's the dude. So it's amazing to me again, just got to bring it back up that he somehow lost the job to start the season. But he looks legit every game, and every more every game we see, I, I'm just more and more convinced that he's he's really really good. Yeah, and we have to talk about friend of the show, Jeremy Mac, uh, Jamori Macklin, Jamori Macklin, J Mac, man, dude, this dude. How do where do I start? He's 163 yards on six catches, two touchdowns. The yards after catch, 97. Like he is athletic enough to make plays after the catch. He gets open. He really can't be single covered. He gets it at all three levels. Jamori Macklin. I mean, you put him up there with everybody else. Like there's Jalen Darden, and then there's you put him in the conversation with Jalen Guyton, Rico Bussey, like all of those guys that have come over the past decade. He is 
I feel great because over the offseason, we're like, hey, this this guy's the best receiver on this team. Jamoy right. Macklin's going to be a guy. And we called it, but he's putting up just ridiculous numbers. Like his yards per catch this year has got to be what up to like 23, 24. Yeah, it's it's high. I mean, he had 20, it was 27 this game. And I'm I'm not surprised that he's doing really well. I am surprised that he is filling that Jair shoulder role. I thought yes. that Trey Cleveland or yes. a somebody bigger else, receiver. Damon yeah. Ward maybe would, would do that. But Jamoy Macklin is, is the do-it-all receiver. And not only that, you bring up you bring up uh Jalen Darden, and obviously Jalen Darden Darden's probably the best receiver to ever come through North Texas. Um he also he I mean he does things that I mean it could just be you know recency bias. Like he does things where I'm like, oh, like that's different. You know what I mean? Like NFL level different. Whereas like Guyton, it's like he's really, really good. Or Rico Bussy, he's really, really good, but like I think he's almost on the same level as Jalen Darden in a way. Funny thing is, he he goes into the year and we're like, all right, this is a route runner. His Twitter ad is route runner nine. Yeah, and he's doing so much more than just being a great so route runner. More. He's getting over the top. He's being a yards after catch guy. Like he is being so dynamic. So we have to give him his his credit and his flowers right now because he is phenomenal by yeah. far, best receiver on the team. Um, like you said, Chandler Rogers, you covered it well. He is in rhythm. I mean, he is. Every he's exactly what this offense needs. He's exactly what Eric Morris needs. And this is what we talked about in probably March, like April. We were probably like, hey, this is a perfect fit for Eric Morris, who has done great things with quarterbacks in his career. This is a great fit. I'm just I'm so interested, and we'll get into like the future, you know, the, the rest of the schedule in a bit, but like it's going to be really fascinating to watch this offense against good defenses coming up because we know you're going to have to score points and I think they're capable of scoring points, but like, can this offense take it into another gear? Can it take it to a level of, all right, to this point in the year, who's the best defense they played Cal, right? But we didn't Cal. We didn't see Chandler Rogers against Cal. We didn't see this offense against Cal. So it's like, all right, Louisiana Tech, they dropped to, what was it, 37 uh, Navy. You know, it was a lower possession game, still scored 24. So it's like, it feels like they can step on the field and score 30 points. But next week it's Tulane, and it's a test. I don't want to say that. So yeah. um, does it feel like there's more to be had with this offense, or does it feel like this is an offense that can, can, can't sustain it through the stretch of death? I think they can sustain through the stretch of death because they're so dynamic. Like, you can get it through the run game. You can get it through the air. Um, whereas, you know, the team they just played, Temple, we clearly saw what happens whenever you take away the one dimension, which is their passing game, away from them. Um, so, again, I think this, this offensive dynamic, the problem is now is you're not – I don't think you're going to be able to put up – it's not going to be an every drive score like it was tonight, right? Obviously, they didn't score every drive, but you're not going to put up 45 points. It's going to probably give you that 45 comes down to like a – 30 or 27 against the two lane. And is that going to be enough to yeah. beat them? Let's flip it. Let's flip it. Let's talk about the defense a little bit yeah. because in theory, holding a team to 14.0 in the second half, that's a good result. And I do want to give them credit. I want to give them credit because Temple turned and ran the ball. And in the second half, they at least held them down a little bit. Yeah. Let me let me pull up the the halves. First half, um, Temple ran the ball 24 times for 156 yards, six and a half yards per carry. Second half, Temple ran the ball 26 times for 86 yards, 3.3 yards per carry. So we saw a drastic improvement in the run defense in the second half. 
how like do you want to give them credit for that do you want to like do you think that it's a positive this because last my, weekend's navy people thing. were saying that they took a step I forward i don't want to be negative because obviously the defense 14 points great yes it was awful in the first half I mean, god awful. This is a Temple team that came into the game re- averaging they what ninety, 90 yards, yards. I think it was per 90. game. Yeah, like they were again. They're not a team that wants to run the ball. Obviously, when yes. you have Patterson back there, you can run some quarterback draws, QB like run plays. But like even then, the tackling was bad. Like the fits. Here, were bad. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Temple was down 24, 14 and a half. They had to throw the ball eventually because yeah. once North Texas goes, okay, this guy's never going to throw the ball. You can key in on that, and it's. Although, you know, you're still giving up a few yards here and there. You're going to be able to stop them eventually because yeah. guys are going to get tired. You're not going to be able to keep blocking all the time. And so I don't want to give the defense no credit, but a lot of that to me was pre- – like like the three turnovers, like if he doesn't turn the ball over three times, they're probably going to know the score if they are able to yeah. throw the ball. Like that first pick was awful. Dude, all he the floated that awful. pass up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, just that first one though. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, he has to let it loose now. Float it up awful so yes the defense only gave up 14 points but i need to see it against a team that has a pulse has a pulse you had and and is doing something that they're supposed to do you let a temple team who has an awful run offense run all over you how many rushing yards do they have uh 242 rushing yards yeah and like I said, it was it looked like Navy basically out there. Yeah, and it was 156 in the first half. And this is where we were like, all right, can this team get a stop in the run game? And that's that's why last week, while I I agree with people in that you should be, you know, kind of patting yourself on the back. You played some better defense against Navy. You didn't look god awful. Sure, but you still allowed them to rush for 300 yards. You still were the worst ranked rush defense in the country here. And Temple goes out there sure they probably knew EGL Warner was going to play for a few days so they were able to scheme up maybe a few things and maybe the defense North Texas defense didn't have that luxury they probably went to the game preparing for EGL Warner it doesn't matter this is not a temple team that is out here scheming up and is killing everybody with some outside zones or QB read options or RPO stuff like this is very much we're lining up, we're running the ball through the A gap, the B gap, the C gap, and you're not going to stop us. And that's what it felt like for the first half. So, like, it felt like kind of Navy again where it's like, all right, they're not, we're not going to lose the game because of this, but we're certainly not going to win the game because of this. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, you didn't lose to Navy because your defense was awful. But you certainly weren't going to win the game because your defense was good. Yeah. Like, there's – the standard is so low right now. So yeah, I agree with you. I don't want to be negative because yeah, they did some good things. They finally bowed up in the second half and that should be a positive. But in order for this team to get to five wins, to get to six wins, they're going to have to play much better than this defensively still. Yeah. Well, I mean, throughout the first half, the quarterback, it was like a scramble or a draw and it's just like he gets hit right at the line of scrimmage and runs an extra eight yards. And you're like, what is like, what are we doing? This is the quarterback. Like, it's not like this, like the running back uh, Hubbard only had 11 carries for 69 yards. Obviously there was a couple other dudes mixed in, but a majority of the rushing yards came from Quincy Patterson, the quarterback. Yeah. So the tackling is still a major concern. Right. And I, I don't think this defense translates to a two lane. 
I mean, you you said it too. It's against Navy. They didn't. The defense wasn't going to win you the game, but it also wasn't going to lose you the game. Well, you had a passing game to that Navy team with a good running back. Well, you're going to probably lose the game at that point. If you add EJ Warner to this team, and albeit they're not going to score, they're not going to rush for 242 yards. But then you have to deal with two two different dynamics of an offense. You're not just playing for only the rush. It would have so. been very interesting if EJ Warner had played because. Obviously, you have the passing dynamic, and I, I think North Texas wins this game regardless. The offense right. was playing I agree. too well. I completely agree. But you don't get those. Let's say you only get one interception instead of three. You don't you don't get those easy stops. You might give up another play or two, and this win might be more of thirty eight to thirty one, like we expected. Yeah, it to it's, be. yeah. It's not it's not fourteen points. It's thirty points. Yeah. So it's or twenty eight points, something like that. So, um, I know we're talking hypothetical, which might frustrate some people because. The game that well, actually think, happened was a 30-point win. Right, but I think it's fair to to project that onto the future because you're not playing a team that's one-dimensional. You're not playing a Navy again. You're not playing a Temple without a quarterback. You're playing a Tulane, which is the best team in the conference, who just beat Memphis, who looks damn good, who you also play right after Tulane. And you're not yeah. playing you're not playing a team where you can scheme for one 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 dynamic on the offense. Well, this that's is and this is this is where I ask North Texas fans. What do you want out of this year? I yeah. want improvement, and I want to show that we can be competitive, not even against Tulane, but, you know, the, the UTSA, SMU, Memphis is, like, be competitive in those games, especially offensively. And maybe win one of them, one of the four games in the stretch of death. Like, try to get to five wins this year. And even Tulsa and UAB in the back end, if the defense doesn't improve, you're in a very, very tough situation. Right there, you're gonna have to outscore them. So again, I I'm give I want to give this defense credit because everybody was all high on them after the Navy game, and they're gonna be high on them again after this Temple game. If you're going into the stretch of death here, do you really feel good about this defense to hold Navy down to 28 points? Or did I say Navy? I meant Temple. I don't know what I said. Yeah, to 28 points. Do you trust them to hold Memphis to 28 points? UTSA, 28 points. That's my number. When teams are getting to 35 plus on you and they can actually play defense, I'm just saying, man, Temple allowed USF to score, what was it, 44 on them? Or Temple, yes. like, or what am I thinking of? No, yeah, I think I'm thinking of the right game. So I'm just like, uh, it's going to get real, really fast. And this isn't a preview podcast. We'll talk about Temple, but I think we can talk about Tulane. Uh, Tulane, I'm sorry. It is midnight. <laughs> My words are getting all scrambled. But um, it's going to get real interesting real fast. That's what yeah, I'm and, and, and with these with the stats from tonight, North Texas is still allowing 225 yards a game through the air, and they're still and they're allowing 260 yards on the ground, albeit that's going to be inflated. But that's over. That's almost 500 yards of offense. Like that's no matter how that comes, that's not good. Whereas Tulane on the other end is allowing 330 yards a game. I mean, dude, I mean, we watched a little bit of the Tulane Memphis game. That was a back and forth game. Tulane scores 14 points in the fourth quarter to win 31, 21. Like those are the two best teams in the conference right now to me, like them and SMU. Yeah. And North Texas plays all three of them. And then UTSA actually looks like it has a pulse on offense now because they beat UAB. Um, I didn't see the final, but, um, they were they up beat, on UAB. So they beat UAB forty-one twenty. Oh, is that the final? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So UTSA has a pulse again. So yeah. Again, <laughs> I just don't want to get run over in those games. Like I don't want to be a doormat in all four games. I don't want to be 
30 point loss, 30 point loss, 20 point loss, 20 point loss. Well, what I will say though, is that through these first three games offensively, I feel like we have seen a lot of improvement things that were like, okay, why are you doing this? Like yes. for, for, for today, for example, you know, going on it, like that fourth down call it was, I think it was fourth and four, fourth and five. Yeah. And you were like, I don't like this, this, this field goal. Oh yeah. Here. And then they, they ended like, I like the decision to go for it there. Yeah. I like the decision to not run it on fourth and three or fourth and whatever. I like the decision to play it short and then throw it long. So offensively, I think Morris clearly shows that he's willing to learn from mistakes. It's just, can this team defensively get there with the personnel that they have? How much did like, okay, we're now what through um, six games this year, right? Three and yeah. three. Yes. Yes. Six games, Colin. How much better are you feeling about Eric Morris? Or are you feeling better? Or do you feel the same? Like as from our my, expectations. My only concern would be to start the season. I, I was clearly but to, to my preseason expectations, it is, is the same. The first two games should not have gone the way the first two games were. First, exactly. And that I think concerned a lot of people more than just us. Obviously, people were calling for his head way too early. <laughs> but I think in, in terms of my preseason expectations, this is exactly what I wanted to see from a North Texas team. I mean, if they if they come out like they came out right now. They beat FIU. You're sitting a lot prettier than you are, but it's just a you know, it's yep. just, at, at that point it's just a record, a record thing. I think the team looks exactly the same whether or not more yeah. starts against FIU or not. Um, so in terms of me holding any of these next four games against him, I'm not gonna. But I need to. I just want to make sure that I that we see improvement. So like if you beat get beat by Tulane a certain way or things don't work against a Tulane a certain way, well then against Memphis I'd like to see something different. And I feel like he's shown that thus far that he's willing to do that because we've seen different things game by game against bad opponents. Yeah. So I like the way you put that. I like the way you put that. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else. I, I would say to answer my own question, I think Eric Morris has lived up to everything I expected him to be. From a play calling perspective, I thought he was on a level that I have Fantastic. not, except the trail never reached that level. No. Ever. Graham Harrell might have reached that level a couple times back in like 2017, but this doing this with a new team, um, not knowing what you had and entering this game, uh, I just thought they he had called a fantastic game in the first mm-hmm. half. And even mm-hmm. the second half, I thought they were able to put the ball, put the game away uh, on the ground, put it put the game away in a different variety of ways. I just was so impressed by the way they moved Temple side to side. Uh, created holes, created space. Like that is something that was genuinely impressive. So, I mean, one thing that just shows that I can't, I don't remember exactly how many receivers he threw, but I think it was 25 or, or not 12, 12 receivers. Whoa. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Yeah, 12. He threw to 12. Yeah. 12 people caught the ball today. You're not relying on a Jalen Dart in every play like we saw a couple of years ago. You're not relying on a Jalen yeah. Guy and Rico Bussey only. You're, I mean, you're throwing this thing everywhere. I mean, Jamari Macklin, yeah, he 160 yards, but he only had six catches. Yep. I mean, Kalen Horton had the sweep touchdown. Yeah, they threw the, the, I love that wide time. receiver screen. Yep, where they where he comes cuts inside. Yep. I mean, and then obviously give the running backs their credit. Thirty-seven carries for two hundred twenty yards. Like, yeah, or uh, with I guess that's with Chandler Rogers. So yeah, remove twelve so, of those. But it, it's offensively they've lived up to everything. So I think yeah. that's my main takeaway is they can reach this level on a fairly consistent basis. Now the stretch of death comes up. Can they reach that level or at least one time in these four games, can they hit the apex one of these four games where they're clicking and they're rolling and they really have a chance to win yeah. one or two of these games. That's going to be the interesting part. Again, like you said, I'm not, 
they lose these games, I'm not holding them against them. Like this is year one. Like I said before, they do not they did not hire Eric Morris to beat Tulane year one. They didn't hire him to beat Memphis year one. This is a multi-year rebuild. And I think he's shown enough in through these first six games that I very much trust him moving. Yeah, forward. I agree. And that's exciting. Um anything else on the temple game? I think we covered it pretty well. Defensively, it is what it is. They're not gonna be great. It's it's impossible to fix the the shortcomings that they have at this point um at least <laughs> holistically you're not going to fix everything right but um we'll see if they go back to a four-man front against temple they went back to like the i think they were mostly in a three-man front um i keep saying temple two lane um i'm interested to see if they go back to a four-man front they were mostly in a three-man front today from what i saw uh, i again expecting two lane or temple to throw the ball probably but two lane you know, things yeah. change so We'll see what they look like next week. We'll have a preview podcast and everything as well. Pick them time. All right. Oh, let's do a pick them here. Pull yeah. Up, pull our pick them up. Okay. Go turn off the oven. Go. <laughs> they've been in there. They've been in there this whole time. Twenty five minutes. No, well, kind of, but they were. They were. It's on a very low heat. Oh, okay. So you just kind of let them sizzle in there. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just keeping them. Jesus, we tweeted too much. All right, I got it. Him up a little bit. All right, so we we changed our original pick'em uh, yes. because of EJ Warner being out. Yes. Um, so we moved passing yards down from three thirty and a half to two seventy. Here, let me pull up the graphic. I got it right here. No, but I'll share the screen. Oh, great idea! Yeah. Uh, preach that. Share screen. Here we are. Okay. So here's our pick'em. This is what we updated it to after we learned EJ Warner was out. Uh, did we adjust it enough? No, but we had no idea how good it was. It was literally was. ten minutes before the game. Yeah. So. so, Temple passing yards, we lowered it down to two seventy four, a full sixty yard drop, basically almost. Um, I had the over. Colin had the under. It was under by a lot. So Colin wins that. North Texas yards per rush. This was the one we had to sweat. Oh man, this I was, was sweating sweat. hard. Going into the last North Texas drive, people, North Texas was at 5.0 yards per carry. Colin was like, I need this one. Please, let's get some yards. And I was saying, okay, but they also can kneel it out after a couple first downs. Well, what do they do, Colin? They go like 70 yards. and like Oscar Attaway goes like 10 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards, yeah. touchdown. They rip <laughs> off a bunch of – yards and they hit the over easily they end the game i think with 5.9 or something like that yeah so congratulations colin hits the over there jamoy macklin over on this was a great line by the way 1.5 touchdowns for jamoy macklin Thank colin. You. uh i took the over though yeah. and i got it so it was late too shout out jamoy macklin for that second touchdown and then temple points we lowered it down from 34 to 31 and a half that uh, definitely wasn't enough that was never gonna, yeah, that was <laughs> gonna hit so um yeah so through those it's 2-2 yeah and you got but then the we go to the score 42-27 for me 43-3 for Colin again we probably could have done update score predictions after we learned EJ Warner was out but it was me so that's 3-2 let me pull up the doc and see where we're at I am I am honestly just happy that I only lost 1 point I'm down four, I think now. 
um, with six games left, it's going to be a battle to get back. <laughs> because let me tell you, you see those locks in those pictures on that graphic? About gone. To be gone. 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 All right. Bruni is now at, that was a 3-2 week, right? Yeah. 3-2, yeah. 16. Colin is at 12. Colin, you're you're one four one away week away from cutting this thing. So you I don't, almost had a four win week. I almost had a four one week, but you got six. Four one week, yeah. Yeah, so, the uh it's gonna I, I'm gonna laugh if that five point one yards thing decides it. If this was the game, this was the game that could decide it, Colin. And I don't wanna sometimes in life, you know, I'm I'm nice, you know, I wanna let you back in it. I, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna keep my foot on the throat. I don't think you've ever tried to let me back in any of these pickums, considering that I have to pick first and you have to pick. It's not. It's not like one of those situations. Well, you know, maybe like when we play basketball, I'll let you. Well, basketball is different because I'm bad at it. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking a chance here. We're gonna just keep it rolling. I don't want to show up to a women's basketball game with Kim Mulkey with a shaved head. That's my goal. Because <laughs> I will have to cover a national championship winning team with a bald head, and I'm not doing that. What so. if? Uh, what if we did it to where you had to shave everything on your head, beard and all? I wouldn't. I, I, don't think I, I think I would get fired if I did that. I don't think I would make it. Kim would look at you and be like, "What? Like, like, honey, what what happened? No, you you just wear a hat. It'll be it'll be winter. You could wear like a beanie. Wear a full face. Uh, a balaclava. I don't. I don't want to make fun of. I'm not making fun of David and Joku, but you know, wear that the mask that he wore. Oh he, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. burned his face. That was crazy. Yeah, he did burn his face, but I'm not making fun of him. Uh, not that he would listen to this podcast, but um, yeah, that, that would be me if I had to shave my head, body, mm-hmm. or shave my entire face. Okay. Body. Okay. <laughs> I can't think, bro. It's 1230. I'm hungry. Oh. All right. Uh, thank you all for joining us. We're going to wrap it. We're going to end it right there. Uh, we're going to have another guest on the podcast. Uh, probably going to do another basketball guest. Um. But yeah, shout out Jamoy Macklin, front of the pod, front of the show. Um, maybe have him on later on in the year um, again. Uh, but yeah, like, comment, share, subscribe. Thank you. Shout out to Republic of Football um, for hosting our podcast once again. And uh, check out Homefield Apparel. 15% off your first order. 10% I'm getting off sick and tired of you guys not buying anything. Also, I'm getting sick. What I'm really sick and tired of is no one's subscribing. I said 270. We're at 268, and that's just unacceptable. <laughs> Let me tell you, 37% of y'all, 37% of y'all are not subscribed. And you know who you are, so I want you to subscribe. We should have led the podcast with that. They already clicked off. You can just – all you have to do is just all, – all I need you to do, Bruni, is just clip that section and post it on Twitter. I got you. I got you. All right, guys. Damn it. Okay. But everyone's asleep. God's gonna keep. Yeah, don't. I'm, who's everyone? You have one person. Norma and the dogs and my old oh, dogs. And that would just be an absolute mess. That would be a mess. All right. Well, for Colin Metro, I'm Matthew Bruni. We will talk to y'all later.